listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Online at BethanyNaz.org. The 50 or so of you who made it, or maybe it's 25, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And I love getting to look into your eyes and to look at the camera, uh, at the folks at home, as I share God's Word with you this morning. You remember 15, uh, rather March the 15th, uh, nine months ago, we began to shelter in home. And uh, I realized that, that many of you would say, Pastor Rick, it's, it's been nine months now and I'm still essentially sheltered in home. I, I remember in those first few weeks that turned into months, we, we began to feel this urge to go back. I think all of us felt an urge to go back to work to go back to school, to go back to social activities, to go back to church. And, and I think there are many reasons we begin to feel that urge. But I believe one of the reasons that we felt the urge was because we had a desire to be again in community. We wanted to see our coworkers. We wanted to see our classmates. We wanted to see our friends. We wanted to be again surrounded by members of our church family. Because we have this great need and this great longing for community. So we got to share a story with you last Sunday of Serge and Emily Kurtovich. And we learned something. Our eyes were opened about people who come to church for the first time. They may have questions as they come through the doors about what the building is like or what the music is like or what the sermon would be like. But I think they're also asking other questions. They're asking, will I fit? Will I feel welcomed? Will I be accepted? Will I feel like I belong there? Will people begin to like me and eventually love me? So you, you, you may say, so where, where is this incredible urge that we live with to belong? Where, where does it come from? What is the origin of it? We love to say that we are created in God's image, don't we? If you go back to Genesis and you look at the exact wording, it's very interesting. The wording says, let us make mankind in our image. It is the Trinity speaking in fellowship with one another, saying, let us, as we fellowship with one another, make mankind in our own image so that they will fellowship with one another as well. And so, of all the things that we don't understand about what it means to be human, and there is much that we don't understand, the one thing that we do understand about what it means to be human is to be relational at our very core. We live with a deep longing. And maybe one of the deepest longings that we have in our hearts is this longing to belong. There's one thing I know about you, and there's one thing that I know about me. And what I know about you and me for sure is that we long to belong. I feel like I just want to stop and hang out here for a minute. I just want you and me to say, it's okay to admit this. It's okay to acknowledge this. This is innate. This is the way in which we were created. We have a deep need for connectedness and belongingness. Now, here's the other side of the story. We all know what it is to feel like we don't fit in or like we don't belong. How many of you remember the song that we used to hear on Sesame Street? 
One of these things is not like the other. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell me which thing is not like the other before I finish this song? And there was always lined up maybe four objects, and one just did not fit with the others. See, I, I remember what it's like to be in the setting where I would say, I'm the one that doesn't belong here. I'm the one that is not like everybody else. I don't fit. So in the season of Advent, as we seek to identify with those who were waiting for the coming of the Messiah, you might not be surprised that there were other people in the world who were longing. Longing to belong. And their longing would be fulfilled in the coming of the Christ child. So that's where we're going to hang out today, okay? I want to take you to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2. And I want to share God's Word with you. And so I'm going to ask you to do something with me, especially if you're one of those people sitting by the fireplace watching the snow fall outside your window this morning, okay? I want you to get lost with me in this story. I want you to put your thinking cap on. I want you to engage. I want you to cling to every word. I want you to ask questions. I want you to look for the details. I want you to just find yourself not in this position of, well, let Rick read the scripture and then I'll let him explain it to me. No, I want you to come into this story with me. And if there's things that I feel like you're just not going to understand immediately, I'll just talk to you about them, okay? So here we go, Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 21. So Luke writes, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. Now you remember the word Jesus, the name Jesus means Savior. It is the name the angels had given him before he was conceived. Let me read the second paragraph to you. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary, they took him, meaning Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. Now, you may say, Rick, you wanted me to get lost in the story. Well, it worked. I'm lost. I have no idea what they're talking about. Let me just back up for a moment and remind you of God's instruction for a firstborn male, okay? Now, we begin back on the eighth day of the child's life. He is taken to the synagogue. So if Jesus was born in Bethlehem, we're assuming that they did not travel so soon after Mary has just given birth. And so they probably went to the synagogue in Bethlehem where they circumcised Jesus and gave him his name. However, on the 40th day, the 40th day, the 40th day of his life, he was taken to Jerusalem to the temple for two reasons. One was consecration, as was established in God's law, God's will for his people. Every firstborn male will be consecrated to me and also for the rite of purification. This is when an offering of either two doves or two pigeons is offered. And so what you're reading to this point is that they are doing what was required of God for them to do. It was all about remembering what God had done for his people. Now, we're going to introduce you to two characters who come into the story. You ready? Here we go. 
now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit rather, was on him. Now pay attention to detail, will you? Now, now it, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms. Now, you're seeing this picture, right? You have Jesus. And Simeon takes him into his arms. He was prompted by the Spirit to go to the temple. And he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, may you now dismiss your servant in peace. I, I can die now. My life is completely fulfilled. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Pay attention. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them. Now, I don't know if you would consider this a blessing. And said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising. I'm, I'm good with rising, but I struggle with falling of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Wait a minute. People are going to speak against Jesus so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Wait, wait a minute. Who's going to reveal whose thoughts? I'm not for sure that I want all of my thoughts revealed to whom. And do I get to vote on this? And a sword will pierce your own soul too. In other words, Mary, you're going to suffer great heartache. And so there was also a prophet, Anna. Now, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. Now, how old is very old? Does anybody know? I just know that very old is a moving target, and it's not what it was when I was younger. Uh, she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. Now, Anna is 84 at this point, and, uh, and I love it because my precious mom is 84. And when I think about Anna, I think about her being a saint, and when I think about my mother, I think about her being a saint. And she never left the temple. But she worshipped night and day. Now, I'm going to pause here for a minute. Fasting and praying. What was she fasting and praying for? And I wonder if you and I had wandered into the temple. Would we have heard... Anna's prayer echoing through the halls of the temple. And would it have sounded like this? Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. 
See, we know it's her prayer because of the next verse. Coming up to them, Joseph, Mary, Jesus. At that time, that very moment, she gave thanks to God. And she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. What's Luke trying to say? Is the big picture simply this? The one the prophets wrote about? The one that was prophesied about? This little baby Jesus is truly God's anointed one, the Savior of the world. If that's the big picture, then what would we lose in the details if we didn't pay attention? So when I was um, out of high school, I did what many people do. Um, I, I moved out of my home, not, not to really ever live there again. I, I remember when I got in my car and I drove toward Nashville, Tennessee from my home in Kentucky, only a couple hours. I remember having many thoughts about this new adventure I was about to embark on. I'm by myself. I'm driving myself away to college. And, and as I'm going, I'm thinking about a lot of things. But one of the things that I'm asking myself is, will I fit in? Will I make friends? Will I begin to believe that I belong? Will people come to like me? Will people eventually come to love me? Will I feel at home in that place? I loved being at Trevecca. The, the problem was when I got there, I didn't know anybody. I had no friends. And I remember in that first few weeks of my time there, I was, I was struggling. I remember thinking to myself, there is no way that I can continue to do this. I can't live alone, surrounded by hundreds of people who all are living in fellowship and community with each other. I've got to find a way to meet people. And so I put myself on this regiment of where I had to introduce myself to three people every day. I remember hanging around in the library Ten minutes before it closed, knowing I had ten minutes to introduce myself to the third person that day. It was interesting that the people who accepted my friendship were people who also needed friends. And I can tell you that in those first few weeks as a student at Trevecca, beginning to make friends, beginning to connect with people, I learned a lot about what it is to be human and how that I was created to be relational. When I left Trevecca, I moved to Kansas City to go to seminary. As I'm driving along those interstates and I'm going through St. Louis and I'm seeing that arch, I remember asking myself lots of questions about where I would live and what I would do and all those things. But I was also asking, will I fit in? Will I make friends? Will I belong? Well, people began to learn to like me and people began to learn to love me. One of the people who began to love me was the girl I married, Annette. And after a few years of being there and working on staff at a church, we loaded up a little U-Haul truck and we moved to Nashville. And as we're driving that U-Haul truck along the interstate, we're asking ourselves a lot of questions about this church we're going to pastor and these people we're going to meet. One of the questions we were asking was, will we fit in? Will we feel like we belong? Will we make friends? Will these people come to love us? And the same thing with our church in Tennessee and Cincinnati. And a few years ago, we made our way to Oklahoma City asking ourselves the same question. Because what it is to be human, we don't understand completely. But the thing that we do understand is that at our very core, we are 
relational. We long to belong. Now hold on to that for a second. We don't know much about Simeon. We do know that Simeon was devout and that he was righteous. Almost everything we know about him we read in the passage I read you a moment ago. We know there was something special in Simeon's life that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was in him. We also know that he was being prompted by the Holy Spirit. He was listening well to the Spirit's leading. We also know that the Holy Spirit spoke to him and the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would not die until he saw God's or rather the Lord's Messiah. Now we know that he was made a promise. And so now we find Simeon waiting, waiting for the coming of the Messiah, living in the sense of hope. Now, when I say hope, I don't want you to reduce hope to something like the equivalent of a wish list. Let me, let me talk to you about it for a moment. So if I ask you, um, if you could just wish for one material thing, what, what would it be? So you might say, well, if, if I'm just going to wish for one material thing, I'd like to have a new car, you know. Or give me a new house, you know. Uh, do you have any hope that somebody's going to give you a new car today or a new house and you're going to say, no. See, that's a wish. But Simeon wasn't living on a wish. He was living on hope. And the hope was based in the fact that God had spoken. The angel said, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Messiah. And so Simeon now lives with hope. See, men, many of you, in spite of your circumstances, are not living with a wish and you're not living in despair because God has spoken. And in spite of your circumstances, you live in hope. God said, I won't leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. And even in death. <laughs> we remember the words of Jesus saying, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Even in death, we are people of hope. What about the blessing that doesn't feel like a blessing that Simeon gave to Mary? The, 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 the rising and the falling of many in Israel. The rising, I get. This new Messiah is going to do something amazing for people, but the falling? And, and, and what about all of this other language? That it, there's like four statements that I kind of want to go back and say, are you sure you meant to say it that way? A sign that will be spoken against? You mean people are actually going to oppose Jesus? The thoughts of many hearts will be revealed? That doesn't sound like good news to me, right? And, and the sword, Mary, will perish your own soul too? And so here's what's going on. It's the imagery taken from Isaiah. It's the stone, Jesus says, that causes people to stumble. Here's what Simeon is saying. Here's the reality. Some people are going to reject Jesus. And in so doing, they are making a choice that will deeply affect one of their heart's greatest longings. And that is a longing 
to belong. What do you mean? Let me take you there. As we kind of focus now on what is it we're going to do with the Word of God this morning. So here's what, here's what we'll do, okay? I will, uh, I'll put a picture on the screen for three seconds, and then we'll take it down, and then you can just tell me what you saw, okay? Here we go. Here's the picture. One, two, three, it's gone. So what did you see? You saw a tree. That's what I saw. It was a great tree, wasn't it? What kind of a tree was it? Was it the tree like you see when you see pictures of something about Africa, an acacia tree? That's the tree that I saw. Hey, have you ever thought about it this way? Have you ever thought sometimes I see the big picture and I don't pay attention to the detail? You ever live like that? So my wife and I will be with somebody and she'll say, don't you think her features were beautiful? And I'll say, I don't think I noticed, you know. Or she'll say, um, I thought you might like pants like that guy had on. And I'm like, I didn't notice his pants. You didn't notice? No, I just don't see the details. Uh, sometimes we see the big picture and we don't see the details. Let me put the picture on the screen again. And you tell me what you see. A tree? You see birds? But what do you see here? Is that a gorilla and is that a female lion? And so I just think it's a great illustration that that we sometimes just see things, but we don't see the other things in the picture. So do you see everybody with me? I'm not crazy, right? I mean, it's there. Okay. And so I think what happens when we read this story today is that we, we begin to move through it and we say, oh, this is, this is great. And I think I get the big picture. I think I understand what Luke is trying to say. Luke is trying to say, good for Israel. They get their Messiah. Isn't this awesome? Look at what he's saying through the prophet Simeon and, and, and through Anna that, yes, this is God's anointed king. This is the Messiah. This is the one the prophets wrote about and Moses talked. I mean, this is all good stuff, right, for Israel. What's really in the passage is that, well, yeah, but it's about you too. That, that there is this phrase that you can't miss, and the phrase is, Simeon coming into the temple and he's moved by the Spirit to go and he, he went into the temple courts and he takes this little child in his arms and he says, a light of revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Who are the Gentiles? It's everybody else. What do you mean everybody else? I mean everybody else. Everybody that's not a Jew. Well, what about the Jews? Well, it's for them too. You understand that this is about the whole world. This is about everybody. This is good news for everybody. And through Israel, the Gentiles are going to be invited to belong in God's family. So I, I, I don't know. I just, I just got to stop and talk to you for a minute or two from my heart here. I, um, I remember the first time I made my first little trip out of the country other than you know, crossing the border over into Canada a couple of times. And I went to Costa Rica. And I remember spending a week with this little, this little church there, this little community of believers. I could not get over how close I felt to them. They felt like family to me. 
in spite of all the things that were so very different about us, including our language, I wanted to connect with them desperately. I remember saying to the translator one night before I preached, I said, listen, I've been working really hard on some things and I'm going to be okay the first few minutes by myself. She knows me pretty well and she looked at me and she said, really? And I said, no, really, I've worked hard on it. I'm, I'm good. And so I stood up and all I was going to just do was just say, you know, um, buenas noches, you know, good evening. But I guess I'd eaten in too many restaurants, Mexican restaurants. And instead I said, bueno nachos. And, and when I said it, the entire congregation just belly laughed. They were all just shaking, laughing so hard, you know. But I wanted so bad to connect. I felt such a closeness to them. When I talked to them through translators, we talked about the same things. Our love for Jesus made us one family. And, and it was the same later when I headed off to Peru. And the same later when I got to go visit some folks in Guatemala. And, and, and then in these last few years, getting to go to Africa. And, and I realized we're all in the same family. I mean, they truly feel like brothers and sisters to me. And so from the African jungles, you know, to the Asian house churches, to the South American rainforest, to cities in the Middle Eastern part of our world, to right here at Oklahoma City, we're one family. And, and in this big picture, there is a detail that reminds us that everybody is invited to belong. This deep longing in our hearts, everybody's invited. Now, here's what I want to say to you. If you don't know Jesus, if you, if you would say, Rick, if you ask me today if I'm a Christian, I would say I don't make any claim to be Christian Here's the way we live towards you. We live with our arms open. We want you to become part of our family. There is room for you here. And in our minds and in God's mind, you belong here. You would fit. There is a place for you. You belong with us. And so the way to come to that place is just to say, you know, I accept the forgiveness that Jesus offers, the love that Jesus offers, the grace that Jesus offers me. I'm just going to step into all that he is offering me. We all know that all of us have fallen short of God's desires and best for our lives. We all know that every man has sinned. And we come confessing that sin to him in prayer and just say, Lord, I accept your love and your grace and your forgiveness and I want to become part of this great family, God, your family. If you make that decision, if you pray that prayer, I want you to connect with us. You can, you can connect with us on a connect card. You can email us. It's easy to find us on our website. Uh, you can connect with your online pastor right now. If you're online, if you're in the room, you can fill out a card. But we would love to take these next steps with you and open our arms and welcome you into our family. We're in a snowstorm today, and just a couple of weeks ago, we had an ice storm. And I began to hear stories as a result of the ice storm. So we have some neighbors who go to our church, and they had electricity eventually. But they had friends in their group where they attend every week that didn't have electricity. 
And so this family of four, mom and dad, two little kids, invited a family of seven, a mom and dad and five little kids, to come to our house because we have electricity. They stayed for a week with seven little children and four adults. I heard another story, very similar. And in the other story, they invited someone that they did group life together with. Come and be a part of our family. You don't have electricity, we do. You should come and stay with us. And they came for a week and stayed with the other family. See, I got a feeling somebody may be saying, Rick, I'm a Christian, but I don't have that. I don't have those kinds of connections. And the way that we here at Bethany First Church believe that we can help you to be connected to others in this family is through group life. It is so important. And so if you're saying to yourself today, you know what, I'm ready to take that next step. I have a longing to belong like everybody else. I know Jesus, but I'm not connected with people like I would love to be. And if we lost electricity, we're kind of on our own. We don't have those connections. I would challenge you to let us know either with a connect card or email one of us as pastors and say, I want you to help me take the next steps to get into a group. I want to take that step. I need to belong and to feel that connectedness. So let me take us one step further if I could, okay? We have, I've never run into that before. That's my first time. (laughs) Just acknowledge it, right, and move on. We have a great opportunity for you to invite people to come and belong. And, And that is on Christmas Eve. Did you know that there is a world full of people today who have been through a pandemic in the midst of a pandemic. Many of them feel anxiety. Many of them feel less connected than they've ever felt before. Many of them are living in isolation. Many of them feel very alone. And for you and I to say, hey, (laughs) you don't need to be alone. You should come and be with us. And you can join us online. You can join us in person on Christmas Eve, Eve at 7 o'clock or on Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock. You should come on Christmas and hang out with my family, God's big family. You belong here. What an opportunity for us. And so I don't know how you're going to respond today, but here's what I'm asking you to do on this cold, snowy morning, and that is not just to walk away. Bow your heads with me in this moment. Make a decision. Maybe you want to pray this prayer. Jesus, I need to be part of God's family. I want to be. I accept your forgiveness and your love and your grace. And if you pray that prayer, I want you to share it with someone so that we can walk with you. An email, a connect card, whatever's best, your online pastor. Others may make this choice. I'm a Christian, but I don't feel connected. And so you may be saying today that right now I'm making a choice to reach out and say, I want to become part of a group at my church. I need to be better connected. Maybe you're part of a group. You just need to kind of get back in. 
And the third way you might respond is beginning to maybe take out your phone or a piece of paper and pencil and just say, I know people who don't belong. And they're not in this family. But Christmas Eve, you're right, Rick, is a great opportunity. And I'm going to invite some people to either come with me in person or online on Christmas Eve. And I'm going to open my arms and say, for Christmas this year, you should come and be part of my family, the family of God. So let me take a moment and pray with you before we dismiss. Father, thank you that in all of your goodness, you sent your son, Jesus. And Jesus coming changed everything. And it allowed me and the people in front of me to enter into God's family. This is where we belong. And so let us live with our arms open, inviting others into this family as well. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Please be safe. are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene online at bethanynaz.org.